This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living. into today's podcast. We have Mark Marshall on the line. Mark, welcome. Welcome, mate. Good speaking to you. Absolutely. Mark, why don't you, let's just get right into it here and give the audience a bit of a background on, on who you are. Okay, thank you. Yeah, my name is obviously Mark Marshall. I'm Manager of Coaching Development for the Ontario Soccer Association. So my role within the organization is to um, put on coaching development courses for coaches who want to be part of uh, soccer, and, and that ranges from the brand new mom and dad coaches who are coming in with their kids for probably their first experience in our sport, right the way up to the coaches who are looking to get into the high performance levels, and they're um, looking to obtain coaching licenses to move on to work with uh, provincial, national, and professional teams. So a wide range of coaching, a wide range of coaching um, courses that we offer, and we, we actually deliver over 200 courses throughout the year at all the different levels right across uh, the great province of ours. Awesome. So, Mark, we met uh, a few months ago when you were delivering a, kind of a coach developer training workshop that I was in, and you talked to, you debriefed us around the first impression and how important that was for you as kind of the leader in the room. Can you talk about how important that was for you and the dynamics of the experience for us as the customers, if you will? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I also, part of my role, I work for NCCP as a master learning facilitator who delivers learning facilitation courses. And I've picked up a lot over the last few years just working with different types of sports. And something that I've become very, very um, conscious of is that first impression when you walk into a, to a room and everybody's at that point sort of checking each other out and trying to work out where they fit into the group and I think it's very important as a facilitator that you, you come in and you, you make eye contact and you, you take the time to go around and shake everybody's hands and, and make that contact with them, that personal contact so they feel that uh, they may not know anybody else in the room but they've had an opportunity to, to connect with you who's actually really facilitating the whole day so uh, I think it's really important that you go in, you look the part, you, you, you may be not overly dressed, but you're certainly looking smart, uh, you've got a smile on your face, and you, you bring a little bit of energy, and then, then going around and taking that personal moment with each person just to shake their hands and introduce yourself and let them introduce yourselves, I think is very important. And, and you know, I'm starting to see the benefits of that uh, in our courses that we're delivering because we're, we're just finding that, that, that quicker connection with our customers. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, from someone sitting in the room, it it really made us comfortable with you right away. And, you know, it was a, a room full of softball coaches, but a, and a soccer guy comes in to talk to us. But it certainly just kind of eased any tensions that we might have had. Kind yeah, of right and it was away. a pretty unique situation because you kind of all knew each other, didn't you? So there was, yeah. there was semi-relationships going on within the room. And, and normally when you walk into a room, you don't have that as well. So 
um, it was certainly a little bit easier to, to do that, but um, I think it's more important when you have a, a variety of people that don't know each other and they really are looking for where they fit into the group or into the, to the class and whether they should be there or not is going through their minds at that point. Absolutely. So you had a story, um, you know, in that day around an experience that you had in in kind of leisure, and let's bring this over into our industry and, and what we're talking about today. You had an experience around fly fishing. I'll just leave it at that, and you can kind of pick up uh, that story for us. Okay, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's a it's kind of a long story, really, because um, you know, and pretty much. We're, we're, even though we're different sports, we, we, there's a lot of there's a lot of commonalities, and, and I, I think once the spring and summer rolls around, and we're all involved in our sports, it doesn't give us much opportunity to get out there and experience other sports. So I I had this passion of mine that I wanted to take up fly fishing from when I first came to the country over 20 years ago, and I just never got around to it due to being so busy um, with, with with soccer on weekends and, and during the week and. I had, a, I had a bit of a difficult patch where I was, I was diagnosed with cancer, and it, the good thing about that was it gave me a chance to reflect on some of the things I wanted to do if I was able to, to get through the illness, and luckily I was. So I created that good old-fashioned bucket list that everybody talks about, and on top of that bucket list was make, making some time to, to take a fly fishing course because it was something I really wanted to do and something I'd, you know, I'd, I felt passionate about, and I really felt it would fit into my lifestyle at this point. So. Um, I did a bit of research on the internet and I found a, a reputable club that were offering fly fishing courses and it was a full eight hour course and um, so I registered for it, paid my, my money and it wasn't cheap, it was, uh, it was pretty expensive but I didn't really care. The, the money wasn't an issue, it was, I just wanted to do this, I wanted to be able to go in, learn about the equipment and learn how to cast and fish and, and then come back and, and start digging into that uh, sport as a hobby. So I paid my money, uh, registered, went along to the wonderful facility, and it was probably about an hour's drive from where I live, and it was a Saturday morning. It was one of those spring Saturday mornings where the, it was a beautiful blue sky, a little chilly, but you knew the day was going to get warm. It was just, I just felt that the scene was set for a, for a perfect day. Arrived at the facility, and it was an old kind of fishing hut, uh, and you go in, and, and there's, I think there was about 12 people there. Um, and there was no welcome. There was uh, pretty much, uh, you know, find a place on the bench, and we were right with you. So you sit in this old wooden fishing hut on an old bench, and you're thinking, this is going to be good. You know, you just kind of felt that the environment was right. Um, and then, you know, five minutes goes by, ten minutes goes by, fifteen minutes goes by. There's nothing happening, and you're kind of getting a little antsy because you want to get started. And you can see the the lake um, outside the window, and you think, I just can't wait to get out there. Um, so I was really excited. I don't think I've been that excited in a long time. I was really, really looking forward to the day. Uh, and from that point onwards, really, the, the day went downhill for me because um, I'd got this expectation. I'd read the course content. Um, I'd, got, I'd arrived with a passion and desire that I wanted to learn something. And pretty much the whole day was based around the facilitator's experiences on what he'd done, what fish he caught, where he caught the fish, how he caught the fish. And after about two hours of this, you know, you can start to see people getting very restless. Uh, you sit on a wood bench. There's nothing to drink. There's nothing to eat. Uh, people just want to get out there and fish. And you'd pass a rod around and explain what the rod was. And then we'd have uh, a five-minute introduction to that type of rod or reel. And then we'd have a 45-minute story about how he used the rod and when he used the reel and what kind of fish he caught. And it just wasn't relevant to what we wanted to do. So eventually, I think it was about 45 minutes before lunch, we actually got out on the, onto the lake and probably had three or four casts, and then it was time for lunch. And 
we, I mean, I, mean, I got the impression that you would catch your lunch and, and eat, eat it. Um, well, it wasn't kind of like that. It was what, what they kind of pre-caught, and so that was a bit of a letdown. And I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, we've got the whole of the afternoon. If we can spend the balance of the day, um, you know, fishing, which I've come to do, and to learn some techniques, and if I can become better at this, then I've still got the whole afternoon ahead of me. Uh, and unfortunately, the afternoon was pretty much the same as the morning. It was all about the individual and um, him telling stories. And I, I came away so uh, perturbed and, and upset about my experience and it really put me off fly fishing, which is probably sounds a little childish, but um, you know when you're busy and, and you, you open that opportunity and, and pay your money to go into the uh, exposed to a brand new sport and you come away with a, a, not a very good feeling about it, it certainly put me off um, uh, fishing, not fishing, not fishing in general, but certainly that fly fishing, which was a really disappointing for me. Yeah, so I mean, I think that story really has relevance if you cross cross it over into our industry of golf. Of you know, you you finally get that new person to the club, and mm. it's that really that first impression that can have a massive impact if they if they want to continue in the sport. And I know we were talking offline that you know pre-children in your life, you were, you were an avid golfer. So do you see kind of a relevance of that fly fishing experience to sometimes the golf industry and a golf professional and the impact that they can have in the first touch to a new golfer? Absolutely, man, yeah. And, and, and you know, and golf was one of my favorite sports when I, when I lived in the UK. When I first came to Canada, I played it a lot, but then obviously, you know, we get the family and, and things get, get become busy. But I remember taking some golf lessons um, indoors when I first arrived, and I remember admiring the the technique and the ability of the of the instructor at the time to be able to drive the ball at distance, and wondering if I could ever be like that. And trying and trying, and and, and the instructor was was very very helpful. He was a great guy, but just didn't have that connection with me to be able to to get me through that point where, you know, I was I was improving. And it didn't put me off the sport because I got a love for golf, but certainly if I was a new um, attendee to the course or somebody new to the course, I probably would have put it on the back burner because it just wasn't improving. I was paying my money each week and I was getting in there, but there wasn't any improvement. So I really believe that because back to my, you know, to the opening conversation that we have, it's, it's about that connection, it's about that first impression, it's about pe- making feel, people feel comfortable, uh, welcoming, um, and not, not afraid to ask questions. And the big thing, not afraid to make mistakes because that's how they're going to learn is by uh, making those mistakes and getting the right information back. If they're not comfortable doing that in front of an individual that they're working with, then it will put people off, no matter what sport it is. Yeah. So as a parent now, you know, if you were to take your kids to a golf club and, and in a junior camp at the first time, do you have some tips from, you know, your experience as a facilitator and your experience, you know, on the negative side of fly fishing, what you would like your kids to encounter in that first touch in the sport? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we, we did this as, as parents. Um, um, it's more of a horse riding thing than it was a golf environment. But we wanted to go in and we wanted to see the environment before we even signed um, up the kids up for the program. So we took a tour. So, you know, uh, make it, I'm making that call and, and, and saying, can we come in and take a look at what facilities you've got and meeting your staff? And I think if you can offer that as an organization where you have an open house or you have an open hour or two where people can come in and do a meet and greet and actually look at the facilities, meet the staff, get to shake their hands, have a conversation with them. So the kids coming in know what to to expect from an environment standpoint. 
and also about that chance to connect with the individuals who are going to be teaching them the sports. I think that's really important. I think that really breaks down some barriers that some you know, some kids may be a little bit shy, a little bit apprehensive, but they know what they're going to and they're excited about it. And I think that certainly will, will uh, open the door to kids staying in the sports a lot longer. And also, you know, word and mouth, the kids go back, they get excited, they start talking about their friends, about they've gone to an open house and they've met the golf instructor and they can't wait to get out there and talk about the different types of uh, equipment that they've got and things like that. I think it's, it would be a valid... Uh, a valid, a valid uh, exercise. Absolutely, Mark. Really appreciate you taking the time today, and uh, I know definitely some comments that you have there will uh, benefit our members and kind of creating that really positive first experience in the sport. No problem. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. All right. Bye bye. Bye now.